There we go. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the branches. My name is Alex Hershey. I'm so glad that you guys are here this morning. Happy Palm Sunday. All right, let me see this uh, really quick. Everybody get your palm branches out. All of you. There you go. Are you ready? Look, I put two up here for me because I have two. I'm going to, I have two hands and I'm going to do this. So here we go. Let's all say Hosanna together. Woo! There you go. I don't know about the woo part. Maybe they did that back then. But anyway, happy Palm Sunday. It is a beautiful day that we can be here this morning uh, and be reminded of the beauty uh, of this day. This day does begin, um, this day does begin uh, Passion Week, Holy Week is what we call it in the life of the church. And as it begins, this means that we are now drawing attention to one of the most active weeks uh, in the world's history. A week that changed, transformed this, this world that we are a part of. There are many things that, uh, that Jesus did, but this is the week where we see all of the Gospels begin to really narrow in and focus in on what is to come. So this is the indication for us that we need to pay attention. Today is that first day where we really pay attention of what is going on in the life of Jesus as he enters into Jerusalem. I just want to say really quick, and I know Jess said it in the announcements, but uh, I want to encourage you for Easter next week. It's, it's exciting. We're going to be meeting outside. Uh, I've heard from several people that they're excited to get back to church, and Easter's going to be that Sunday for them to gather with people again and worship. And so that's why we're taking precautions of making, making sure that the uncomfortable feel comfortable next week. But also, even more than that, we're really excited about people uh, wanting to experience Jesus for the first time. That's what we love about this church, is that we want to always be focused on helping people experience Christ for the very, very first time. And so I want to encourage you in this week, after the year that we have had, I believe people are ready to encounter the living God. They're ready to encounter a Savior. And people are one invitation away from a transformed life. So I don't know who it is that's laid upon your heart to invite to Easter next week, a family member, a co-worker, a friend, a neighbor, uh, whoever it may be. I encourage you to be excited about the invitation. I know if it wasn't for someone who invited me to youth group many years ago, I would not be here right now. And I don't know where I would be in following Jesus. We are all an invitation away from a transformed life. So next week, I'm really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the forecast looks good, so it'll be nice. So maybe put a sweatshirt coat on. I don't know. Uh, but it'll be a fun, fun Sunday next week as we gather at Charleston Pavilion in Hummel Park next, next week. Would you pray with me as we go into finishing up this series uh, where we talk about the road to redemption? God, you are always working. You are never still. Even in moments where we feel that we are far from you, you continue to be at work and drawing us nearer to you. And so, Lord, right now, we want to open our hearts to hear from your Holy Spirit so that we will be stirred in a way where we will encounter you. And know that you are alive and know that you are well and know that you are working in us right now. God, we desire to experience redemption. 
We need saved. We need made whole. We need you. And so help us to step into life with you every day. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, I think it's one of those weird feelings every time I come to an end of something, an end of a season or an end of a book or an end of a movie or an end of just a time in my life. It's just always a unique and weird season where there's something that's concluding. When we come to conclusions, though, we are then gifted, though, with new perspective. So as we come to a conclusion of the book of Ruth, I'm excited about the new perspective that we can have as we move forward uh, with what we have learned from this, this widow, this, this foreigner, this woman who said yes to following God. And we can learn where we move forward in that. Today, uh, I, I know that all of us have had moments where we feel that seasons are coming to an end. Maybe you're in the midst of that right now. And I want to say this, that as you feel that, also understand that God is at work in you to continue with the covenants that he has put upon your heart so that you can grow into something new, to help you turn a page and see something that's beautiful ahead of you. God is at work in you right now. He lets us see the hope that is waiting for us in ahead. This is why that we have to have our eyes always on Christ as he moves in our lives because we want to see redemption come to a completion in our hearts. Now, uh, in, there, in my life, I've had many moments, actually probably more than I wished, where I wish I could have a do-over. Have any of you have ever had moments like this where you wish you could have a take-back? Uh, there's been plenty of times where I've had to remove the foot from my mouth and put it back on the ground. I've said things or I've done things that I wish I hadn't said and hadn't done. And I wish I had perspective of what I should have said in those moments as well. Uh, I remember a few years ago, I uh, had been talking my golf game up quite a bit, and which is an absurd thing to talk up because there's nothing really talking to talk up about anyway. But I remember talking my golf game up, and there was someone out in the community that said, well, let's go out and play golf. And I was really excited. I was going to go out and play golf with them, and I was going to have a good time. And I started off okay. Uh, and, and really okay means for most people, like good golfers, that means really bad. And so I started off okay, and it was all good. And then for some reason, like a few holes in, like the, the wheels fell off. And like, I'm like, oh my gosh. And now maybe some of you have played golf with me. I'm like, oh, he's talking about the time I went out and played golf with him. Pro probably not. So uh, that's just, I've learned that this is my golf game. But anyway, I remember it talking up so much that I played golf that as the wheels began to fill off, I'd be feeling this like, this guy is never going to trust me about anything again. And I wish that I could have a do-over of playing another nine holes with them or at least go back and be like, I'm not a good golfer. You know, just be straight up and not lie about it. You know, I'm not a good golfer. Let's go play golf. But the thing is, is that over time, we've got to play golf again. And I, I've been able to redeem my, myself and uh, have a good time. But redemption is greater than to having another chance at playing golf. It's even greater than removing your foot from your mouth. And being able to speak different words of kindness words to people that you love. Redemption. Redemption is great because it comes from God. 
God is one who's consistently and wanting to bring new life and new opportunities to you, to make things that are, you are in the midst of restore them and make them better. And the story of Ruth is powerful as we've journeyed through this. It leads us from points of despair and loss to points of finding newfound faith and restored faith that leaves us with the hope of what the world is about to bring to us through a Savior in Jesus. Salvation is at the end of the road of redemption, and this salvation is for all of us. So as Ruth wraps up, I want to point out a few verses. Boaz has been pursuing marrying Ruth. Now, just really quick here, uh, I don't know. Uh, before Boaz met Ruth, he was ruthless. So uh, it's been six weeks of waiting for that joke. So I'm glad that it landed really, really well. Anyway, but Boaz has been pursuing Ruth and wanting, and wanting to marry her. And, and Boaz, remember, this is a book where people con consistently do the right thing, do the next right thing. They consistently do this. And Boaz wants to go through the proper way of marrying her. And so he has to meet the people. Meet the people as in meet the community at the city gate. Now, there are some odd things that take place in the Old Testament. You know, some of you maybe, uh, some of you men who are married, maybe you went through that moment where you had to go and talk to your father-in-law. I forgot that part. Maybe that could be a redo. It would have been good to say that. But anyway, I forgot that part. Maybe some of you went and you spoke to your father-in-law and said, I'd like your daughter to marry your daughter. Da, da, da. Uh, uh, this is, in essence, what Boaz is having to do here. But he has to do it for the whole, in front of the whole town. Now, Bethlehem at this time was about 500 people. All right? So he's doing this probably in front of, of the male landowners, and he's saying all this stuff. A bit odd for us, but back then in the OT times, Old Testament times, the OT, uh, it was normal. But I just want to read a few of these verses of, of Boaz's interaction with these, these, this group of men that he has to get the approval of to marry Ruth. It says this in Ruth chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of these seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, do so. But if you will not, tell me so I will know. For no one has the right to do it except you, and I am next in line. I will redeem it, he said. Then Boaz said, on the day you buy the land from Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the deed with this property. At this, the guardian redeemer said, Then I cannot redeem it, because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it, Boaz, yourself. I cannot do it. And here in this awkward speech that Boaz has with, with the town, he gets to have the, the go-ahead in marrying Ruth. Oh my gosh, anybody have a, a fun interaction with their, their father and future father-in-law like that? But anyway, uh, fun stuff. But when we look a little closer at this passage, there's more here. All right? I hope you have learned this as we go through Ruth. As you look a little bit closer, there's something that is more that is taking place. There is something greater than saying redemption is in Boaz. We're beginning to see that redemption is actually in God. It shows that Boaz, he, he may be looked at as the redeemer, but it is God who is doing the work at redeeming. 
we begin to see that the line of David is restored and that the journey of redemption is being strengthened in this moment. Redemption is that act of releasing another from captivity and bondage, and that is exactly what is taking place right here. We are beginning to see a salvation narrative unfold before our eyes right in this moment. We begin to see it from Old Testament pointing us towards Jesus. So we are drawn in right here. As this writer is writing this story, he is wanting us to see beyond a love story. He is wanting us to see beyond this being just a male saving a female. He is saying there's something greater that is taking place and it is pointing us to Jesus Christ who will release all of mankind from the bondage of sin and making forgiveness available to all. This book is greatly significant for us all. And we begin to see that through the faith of Ruth and her trust in Yahweh, we begin to see that redemption happens. Redemption happens. And redemption happens through someone who has felt and has been down and out. If you have ever felt down and out that the next card you play always seems to be the wrong card to play, let me just say right now, be prepared because God is about to use you. God is wanting to be at work in you right now. Just as he worked in Ruth and Naomi's lives. Why is this story powerful? Because it doesn't end with just Ruth and Boaz living happily ever after. It points us to the Savior that is to come. I want to read a little bit more here in Ruth 4, 11 through 12. It says this, May the Lord make the woman who is coming, now let me say this really quick, remember this is a time, this is a culture where this was written, where it was a very masculine culture, all right? This was what it was, all right? So let me say this. This is continuing that, that awkward city gate conversation that they're having about Ruth and Boaz getting married. Uh, I am grateful that doesn't happen anymore. So here it is. It says, may the Lord, so this is the group, this is the group of men all of a sudden speaking life into Boaz and Ruth's future marriage. It says this, may the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who though built up the house of Israel. May you produce children in Ephrathah and bestow a name in Bethlehem and through the children that the Lord will give you by his, this young woman. May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. When I read this as I was writing this sermon, this huge amazing moment with God took place in my life. I busted down the door into Alexis' office and I said, you can't, but this is amazing what just happens here. Again, in a culture that is masculine driven, in a culture that is completely filled with the man having to save the, uh, everything, we see something countercultural happen in the Old Testament. The group of men that Boaz is talking to all of a sudden names Rachel and Leah as the heroes that have brought God's people into existence. Without Rachel and Leah, there would be no people of Israel. 
And then they end it by talking about Perez and Tamar. And Tamar is in the genealogical line that leads to Jesus. The writer knows exactly what he's doing, and he's telling them how the people of God were living counterculturally in that moment. And that the blessing of Ruth is one that is powerful and, 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 and so important. And I just want to say that, that in the midst of this, we begin to see a new light of who God is and how redemption is going to come. That if you ever, I just want to say this, if you're ever around people who are saying that the Bible is masculine and it speaks down about women, they are bad theologians. If you're part of churches that don't let women to be in leadership or sit on boards, they are not a Bible-based church. When we begin to see the power of this moment right here, we begin to see how God desires for redemption to take place. God wants all people to experience it and to be changed and transformed. Ruth is not a love story. I confess that I have preached the book of Ruth at Valentine's Day. I've preached the book of Ruth at Mother's Day. I will never again do that. Ruth is not just a love story. It is not a story of a man saving a woman. It is a story of a faithful widow, young woman living in a foreign land who chooses to put all of her trust in God. And in that moment, not just her, but all of us can continue to experience the redemption that comes from God alone. Redemption happens here, and redemption still happens. In this moment... We see that the line of David continues. In this moment, we see that the pathway towards Jesus is still there. Redemption happens. Redemption is there for all people. The down and out. The ones who think, I just need another chance. Redemption is there for you. Well, as next week is Easter, that means today is Palm Sunday. I know we like to call it Donkey Sunday around here. That's not the official name of it, just so you know. But we call it Palm Sunday. Get your picture taken with Esau out there. Always a good, always a good time. Uh, but, but we see on this Palm Sunday that without Rachel and Leah, without Tamara, without Ruth and Boaz giving birth to Obed, the grandfather of David, we do not get to the triumphal entry of Jesus. Redemption happens when we see people consistently choosing to follow God. This is where we come in. In our lives right now, are we willing to say, Lord, I need your forgiveness, I need your grace? I need you, Lord. I want to walk in your ways and walk in redemption. Just as Rachel and Leah and Tamar and Ruth walked as humble servants to prepare the way for the, for the Lord, we do as well. I want you to listen to the triumphal entry of Jerusalem that we find here in Scriptures today. I want you to listen to it and, and be able to hear this story of the continuation of how Jesus was able to enter into Jerusalem for those who walked in the ways of God, that opened the pathway and prepared the way for the Lord, and what we are called to continue as well. Here is this story of, the, of, of Jesus entering into Jerusalem. 
preparing the way for us to receive salvation. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when they called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Jesus enters in in the most humble way to fulfill the prophecy for us all. The Savior is here. But as the Savior entered, I wonder if there were any people as they were waving the branches, remembering the faithfulness of the humble servants of Rachel and Leah, of Ruth, and saying, our Savior is here. I don't know about you, but I believe that this is a great sign for us all and a great day of remembering who has waved the branches in our lives that has opened our hearts to see Christ for the first time. And who are we preparing the way for right now so that others will experience Jesus for the first time? The continuation of redemption is something that has always had to take place and is always needed. In our lives and in your lives, are you willing to walk as humble servants preparing the way? Today, are you also ready to say, Lord, I am ready to receive redemption. I have felt down and out. I have felt far from you. I have placed other things in front of Jesus. Today, redemption happens. Jesus, he rode in not only for those who were waving branches, he also rode in to Jerusalem for those who had put him on the cross. Redemption happens for all. Jesus is desiring for us all to walk with him. And we are all in need of his redemption. Today, right now, God is ready to redeem you. Redemption happens, and it is still happening. Open your hearts and be willing to receive Jesus right now. Don't count yourself out. Don't count others around you out. Allow for redemption to take place. He will restore the situations you find yourself in, the relationships that you're in, the life that you are living. He will restore it and redeem it and make it new and beautiful. Allow for God to let redemption take place in your heart and in your life. Will you pray with me? God, you are filled with great love. God, you are filled with great light. 
And God, in the midst of moments in our lives where we see things concluding in our brains, we realize that you are already at work for what is next. That you have restored moments that we find ourselves and you say, the best is still to come. Don't stop now. And so, Lord, we pray right now that you open our hearts to hear and to know you. Let us continue the path and the journey of allowing for redemption to take place in this world. You are the great Redeemer. You are the one who restores us in the midst of darkness. And you are the one who brings new beginnings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here at the branches, all who believe and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, welcome to the table of communion. Communion is that time where we remember the cross. This Friday, we will remember the cross. We'll be on a hill right over there. The wind will probably be blowing, and I'll have a stocking cap on because I'm bald. But we'll be over there, and we will remember. We will remember what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. And as we remember, we are reminded that we don't have to stay in our sins, that we don't have to stay in the guilt of our past sins, but that we are made new, that we are restored, that we have salvation. So right now as we pray, let us confess in the stillness of our heart and our minds the things that we have placed in front of God since the last time we have gathered to take communion. Would you pray with me? Oh God, you are filled with grace and mercy and love. And we just pray right now that the sins of our lives do not keep us from you anymore. And so we confess those over to you right now. Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness and your grace. We are grateful for the life that you give us and how you have transformed us and how you continue to transform us and that you have not kept us the same. And so, Lord, bless this juice and this bread to let it represent to us your body that was broken for us and your blood that was spilled for us so that we can have life now and forever. Amen. This, this is Christ's body broken for you. Take and eat. This is Christ's blood that was spilled for you and the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink. Oh God, you have washed us clean and you have made us new. And because of that, we now have your love in our body, in our blood, in our bones, in our souls, Lord. And as that love takes over us, we cannot keep it to ourselves. Let this week, let us be like the woman at the well. And let us just take this love to every person we have ever met. Every person who has ever judged us. Every person who has ever been our enemy. And every person who has ever loved us. Let us take your love to them. Christ, you are our light. And we get to be your light to others. In your name we pray. Amen.
Happy Palm Sunday, everybody. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Go get your picture taken with the donkey. Fun times. I can't wait for next week. It's going to be an amazing day of, of celebrating the empty tomb. I can't wait for that. Guys, go with Christ and be his love to all those around you. Go with Jesus. Amen.